0: Hi, and welcome to Unlimited, the podcast platform that gives voice to remarkable mothers and women from the Arab world to inspire, engage, and drive growth. In Unlimited Perspective Series, we welcome inspiring women and mothers who embrace life with innovative perspectives and whose missions and achievements are making a mark. For this new episode of our Unlimited Perspective Series, we're pleased to introduce you to Latifa Rigord, founder and creative director of Twisted Roots. Born to an Emirati father and Danish mother, Latifa's career started as an electrical engineer, following her father's steps. But through her frequent travel and free pregnancies, she identified a gap in the market for contemporary yet comfortable clothing, which motivated her to study fashion, first in London, then Paris, to ultimately launch her own fashion brand in Dubai in 2015. Latifa's fascinations with how different cultures and people are brought together and intertwined, starting from her own heritage, is deeply rooted in her brand ethos, name, and logo, Twisted Roots. These are the same key elements that were the inspiration of her creations for Dubai Expo 2020, where Twisted Roots won the competition for designing the uniform for the 30,000 staff and volunteers at the event. Let's welcome Latifa with her motto. In a global society, everyone's roots are twisted as we belong to a global culture and grow together. Hi, Latifa, and welcome to Unlimited.
1: Thank you for having me on, Daniela.
0: As we heard in the intro, you're the founder and creative director of Twisted Roots. So let's start from the roots. Tell us a bit about yourself and your background.
1: Well, my background is um, I'm an Emirati Danish woman, mother of three, uh, grown up in Dubai. My mother is Danish. We grew up in a house that was um, has a very uh, great appreciation for design and construction, because my father being in the construction field, and he used to take us uh, a lot in... To the office and as well he used to get us involved in a lot of the architecture that was going he was participating in and what we would appreciate when we traveled. Uh, i studied electrical engineering at university and started working out in construction but um, after getting pregnant with my daughter my second child i had taken i decided to take a short break from the workforce and focus on home and family for a while.
0: So you already had two children and one on the way. How and when did you discover your interest in fashion?
1: Um, I started after I had my third and he Mm -hmm. went into school, started thinking about what I should be doing. And at that point we were traveling quite a lot and I could never find clothes that, appealed to my aesthetic that were modest to travel with. And at the same time I found an ad in one of the magazines saying that they had short London College of Fashion was holding short courses in Dubai. And one of them was called How to Start Your Fashion Brand. And I was like, although I had never ever thought of fashion, I was like, that's an interesting course and I'm facing this problem. Let's look at it. So I signed up for that. I at the end of the course, I talked to the tutor, and I was saying this idea has been rolling in my head, and I'm not sure what to do with it, about clothes that's suitable for travel but within Western aesthetic because everything in the market looks so ethnic. So and something like a mix and match uh, wardrobe ready to go for travel and he said it was a good idea but you think need to look into the fashion industry a little more before you look dive right into it um so from there i took one other course second course ended up with like nearly eight courses with london mm-hmm. college of fashion went to london paris some in dubai and uh I had decided that I wanted to go, I had looked at the manufacturers in Dubai and the UAE, but they were all either mass market, where they had large uh, minimums, or they were like very bespoke units, where they do, wouldn't do what I wanted to do, which was much more of a premium level label that was not... It was what we like to call affordable luxury, right? So (laughs) it was about quality, finishing, craftsmanship, but within an affordable
0: price range. Latifa, tell us about your first collection. How did you go from studying fashion to actually sourcing the fabrics and finding the facilities to produce your designs to ultimately launch your brand and get into business?
1: I couldn't find anyone here, so I was thinking of going find manufacturers abroad and there was a course where you studied fabrics and you did a study tour to Premier vision and i said uh, that would be an ideal place for me to start my look my looking for a manufacturer and especially with a tutor coming along who can guide me a bit so i went on the study tour we went to the exhibition, it was so overwhelming, it's so large, but it's so creatively inspiring. And there's so much to see, so much to do there and just going off every stand and looking at the variety, it was just very inspiring. And uh, on my, but at that point it was around 2000, uh, yeah, it was 2012 and the It was still fashion was in the fashion bubble, as they say. And nobody would take my quantities and within the price range that I was looking at. I was on the train ride back and my tutor who had taught me manufacturing happened to be on the train. And she asked me, so where are you on your business? And I said, I'm nowhere because I can't (laughs) find a manufacturer. (laughs) And she said... Why can't you find a manufacturer? I said, nobody wants to take our quantities. And she was like, you live in Dubai. You can do anything there. And she literally grabbed my notebook out of my hand, took up my pen and wrote, these are the machines you need. These are the people you need. You need around this much space. Go implement it. And I was in shock, but I was like, oh, that's valuable. (laughs) Came back talked to my husband, my husband is a businessman. So he said, we need to do a market research. <laughs> so that took six months of market research, it turned out quite positive. And that was kind of it. We started looking for a space. I found a warehouse in El Elgos. It was quite large. It was 3000 square foot for a startup. It's quite large,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but it just became home very quickly and uh, we started from there with minimum people but we started working on finding our way and finding uh what our brand meant through that way through the warehouse through the people figuring out back and forth and it's it's i feel like it's such a growth and it was such a lovely journey to have to be able to do that and grow in a way where you are focused on your passion and what you want to relay within
0: your brand. Thank you for saying this, Latifa, because um, nothing comes easy, right? So you don't build the brand of your dreams or any brand, as a matter of fact, overnight.
1: Of course, uh, the first 2012, 2013, I can't tell you how many times I've gone to exhibitions and got kicked off stands as well Mm -hmm. (laughs) because of our numbers and how we our quantities for just even fabric, not even just manufacturing, but for fabric finding suppliers was a, it was at that time, the bane of my life. You know what I mean? I I, I was struggling with that. I couldn't figure out where to go. And it is trial and error. Setting up was difficult because um, setting up as a manufacturing unit, it's an industrial license. It's a diff- whole different ball game than a commercial license. People had heard the commercial license for tailoring, but then it comes to no, it's production of industrial production of women's wear. And the first time I applied for a license, I got a different license. So I was like, that's not what I applied for. <laughs> Can we go back and change it? <laughs> Some of my expats friends were telling me, I'm, we're really happy to hear this because then we know it happens to everybody, not
0: just us. <laughs> but you did it you launched your brand just over 5 years ago and since then it has grown organically year after year which uh, nowadays it's already a success in itself because majority of the businesses fail in the first 12 to 24 months so what advice do you have for young designers who wish to set up their own business and launch their own uh, fashion brand
1: it would be prepare 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 <laughs> So I I go about things in a very engineering mindset. So everything is step one, step two, step three, breaking down calendars, a lot of design by Excel on range planning. Um, but I would say like you need to prepare beforehand because once you get in the cycle, it's so fast and it just you can fall behind so fast, so quickly. Uh, blink of an eye, you don't even think about it and you're behind suddenly. So preparing two, three collections ahead of time to even have them in your pocket before you launch, thats I think that that's actually quite a good plan. It's a large investment, but it is a good plan so that you can get your, once you start up and you're in, uh, launching and everything, you can focus on that part of the business rather than production or creative part of the business.
0: As you said, there's a very fast pace. So, what's your opinion on fast fashion, and do you think that the latest events will uh, truly bring more awareness towards uh, sustainable fashion?
1: I think yes, there will be more, and there has been a growing awareness to sustainable fashion for a while, and. Even as I was starting out with my brand, you did see people's uh, appreciation for craftsmanship peak. So I do think that we are more aware of our consumption. I think lockdown had a huge favor in that banner. Everybody realized how much they consume. Um, and I do think people are appreciating, wait a second, maybe giving something for a long life rather than disposable, as we say, you know. I, I've always been one that I, I appreciate craftsmanship and I like to keep things within a certain level. Like you you want something that is affordable, you want something of value, you know, And but you do, I'm not a very big fan of fast fashion in that sense.
0: How do you translate these within twisted roots? Uh,
1: we make sure that our fabrics are of certain qualities, we have certain certifications, we only follow. Uh, our, our pieces are, you know when you say "handmade," I know it't it, it it, it's not the same as when somebody says "handmade uh, lace," but it's the mm-hmm. same type of feel. We take care on every detail in the in a piece so every detail has a story behind it whether it be a button or the fusing even that we use it's all takes because that gives you the end product that is of value I, I know my team I know how much care they take in it and we, we've spent a lot of time training and discussing and um, teaching. The team also, so that they are aware of what they are producing and how this affects everybody else. And that, I feel like, is of great value because you don't only, it's something that lasts. It goes from generation to generation when you're talking about something like that.
0: What inspires your designs and your creations?
1: It's travel. Travel. Yes. for me it's very much travel because travel is the root of our brand it's every season is inspired by a country or a city I've been to um, I, I I believe the cultures mix when you travel your cultures you gain something from other cultures and you embed it in your own you come back you give the knowledge of over to others and that's also a root of where we are right in Dubai it's a cosmopolitan city with so many nationalities so many cultures that are all embedded within each other learn from each other grow with each other and I think that's how I go about the brand it's the stories the stories like when we one of them our early on collections was inspired by China and it was the ceremony, the green tea ceremony or whether it was these ancient canons, they were all parts of the collections that I felt like those are history and you carry it with you and you carry it on your body as well.
0: So despite all the current uh, travel restrictions, at least we can travel with imagination thanks to your creations. And I'm thinking of um, your latest ones uh, inspired to Japan, some beautiful kimonos. It was inspired
1: by um, yeah, a lot of flower arrangements and ceramic arts in Japan and a lot of numerology as well that they use within the, within the flower art and ceramics.
0: What do you have coming up next? Oh,
1: that just launched in Copenhagen. So <laughs> <laughs> we see how we do it's a secret for now, but it will soon be out.
0: Nice. I can't wait. So how has the international market responded so far to your label?
1: It's done quite well. We've done, uh, we've participated in London before. Now we do US and London through Wolf and Badger. And uh, I'm pleasantly surprised as how much, people are appreciating it
0: that's a very interesting point atifa we've actually just released a podcast interview with Afsalodi, a fashion journalist and author of the book modesty a fashion paradox which inspires me to ask you how do you think that the modest fashion movement has helped your brand to succeed and establish itself
1: i think as i said like when we started modest fashion meant ethnic fashion And that now that there's such a diverse perspective on modest fashion, I think it adds value to it and it makes it uh, more acceptable to everyone. Uh, You know, whether we do a lot of shirts that are slightly longer than their normal button down shirts, but we've done them in silk. We've done them in flowy fabrics and the amount of people uh, like women who come up and say, I wanted to have, a longer shirt for work in a professional setting, and now I can get it, that feeds me to think like there is a room for everyone, and everybody deserves to have a place for their own voice, their own perspective, and it, maybe that person will wear the longer shirt but with a short skirt, but that's their point of view, and if they wanted the longer shirt for whatever reason, they should be able to have it, right?
0: Among your latest achievements, I know that you won the Expo 2020 design competition. What did this mean to you and to your design team in terms of research and preparation? But also, how will uh, you and your brand be involved with the Expo? Um,
1: The preparation was, honestly, we we got invited to the presentation and the presentation was very inspiring because you know we at the beginning we heard about expo but it was expo expo's coming what does it mean everybody just thinks oh there're a lot of people coming and, but when we sat in that presentation and heard the history before behind all expos and what was launched behind it every expo and what it means to dubai for me there there was a real connection between dubai an expo because Dubai has always been a trading port and what makes us different is I think our tolerance and acceptance and growth from other cultures who come to trade with us. So you see a lot of, one thing is the language. You see how many people speak other languages here how many people take from other cultures and bring it here because it's such an accepting culture. It's deep rooted within our culture. And for me, that's what an expo is, right? It's bringing all these cultures of the world and basing it in one place so that the world can showcase everything and learn from each other. And it was just that moment that I felt like, okay, we need to do this because this means home. This means Dubai to me. This expo means Dubai to me.
0: And what inspired you to design the uniforms that will be worn by the 30,000 volunteers and staff members at Dubai Expo 2020?
1: We went through studying a lot of about the expos and a lot of Dubai. And when we came to Sheikh Mohammed saying a, a quote about the ring, that became the logo of Expo. That was like, okay, there we are. That's what we want to do. We want to grow from the roots, which is the desert, and we want to reach great heights, like what we have right now, like Burj Khalifa and all the modern city that we are. And uh, we were inspired by the colors of the desert, and uh, we took it forward from there. Uh, About talking about where our involvement, it was about design, so, We worked alongside them, explained the design process, explained where was the end. And we are available at any point. And I think right now, but we are very clearly not the production team because we are a very small team. So we're there to assist whenever they need.
0: If you look back, do you have any regrets?
1: I don't see life like that. I believe like, I believe life is a journey. I really believe that. And I believe that every experience you have is a learning experience. I, my kids hear that from me every day. So it's, um, I don't believe in regret. Like I understand why people would say regretting something, but I believe you look at it and you have to take what you learned from every experience. And it makes you who you are today.
0: You just referred to your kids. So as a mother of three, how do you think that your children influence your choices in life and vice versa? Uh,
1: My kids influence every decision in life. (laughs) Um, Sometimes I feel like they have too much access to me. (laughs) so That's why they influence everything. (laughs) Um, They are such an inspiration to me. Everyone, each and every one of them, they're so different from each other. My eldest is such an academic, but so self-driven. And uh, he's taught me to pause and think before I say anything, mm-hmm. because uh, he doesn't automatically communicate everything. So I have to be very effective in my communication skills with him <laughs>
0: and congratulations for his graduation class of 2020 a graduation season like no other from what we've seen how's it been for him for you and for, for your family
1: yeah he just graduated and he actually is left for military service on saturday
0: how are you coping
1: barely but we're coping <laughs>
0: Are you in touch or not at all, at least for the first few weeks?
1: They're usually dark for three weeks.
0: And how is it going for you so far?
1: It's difficult, but it's, you know, I think it's more of a learning experience for the family than it is for the kids. (laughs) I think my husband is more of missing him, whereas I am like in complete fear. (laughs) I trust in him and I trust he can get through it. It's just, uh, yeah, it's just much more me than him.
0: And it's good that you have other two children at home to keep you busy and distracted.
1: My daughter is keeping me very busy. My daughter is very much, uh, we've always said this, she has very large feelings. So, and uh, being a teenager, and she, want, she loves learning. So, she learns from everything. She's right now into coding and knitting at the same time. So it's just two opposite sides of the spectrum. But um, they're always like they how she picks things up inspires me. It's just, there's no fear in her. It's like, I'm going to pick it up and I'm going to try it. And she'll just jump on it.
0: Nice.
1: And uh, my youngest, I have never seen anybody with such, he's so empathetic. He just, he has, he'll see things and he observes things in a very unique way. And he says things and he makes me think sometimes I'm like, uh, wait a second. I need to kind of research that a bit. (laughs) I need to go into some philosophy here and talk to you about it. But, uh, yeah, each very unique, each a learning experience and, uh, I'm just very, very grateful to have them with me.
0: Do you foresee any of them joining you at Twisted Truth along their way?
1: Uh, my daughter does a lot of um, sewing, so that could be. My eldest, I don't think he has the patience for it. <laughs> He's a very theoretical person, uh, and um, maybe my daughter, thinking, looking at it, she would love. I don't. She come, they all come to work with me mm-hmm. from time to time. They all know what's going on. They all help in certain ways, whether it be coding on the website or wait a second, I need to develop some system here and can you help me <laughs> get it? Or I don't know how to use illustrator. Can you help me <laughs> here? You know? And uh, so they all help in some way, but it's at the same time, I think, uh, and I, I, I don't like to force anybody into having to be with us.
0: You're totally right. It should be an opportunity. And talking about opportunities, it brings me to our last but paramount question. What does unlimited mean to you?
1: Unlimited is unlimited experiences to me.
0: I feel the world is
1: unlimited experiences. You get to learn so much from every single thing. And, I think we need to value that, that instead of sticking to our safety zones and limiting ourselves, we should expose ourselves to these unlimited experiences.
0: Love it. Thank you so much, Latifa, for joining us today. I wish you all the best for your brand and can't wait to see your new collections. Thank you again.
1: Thank you. Thank you for the honor of having me. (laughs)
0: Thank you for listening. We hope you found it inspiring and fulfilling. Please subscribe to Unlimited on your favorite podcast app so you won't miss out on our next stories. To learn more about our content, please log on to our website and follow us at unlimited.me on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter and help us building a truly Unlimited community. Thank you.